0: tragedy i suppose that could possibly befall our great nation is an inability to revive the christian spirit of americans that once made our land of the free the absolutely most blessed country in this entire world however anti-christian forces have been attacking our country ever since this nation was born but in recent years look at what we have witnessed we have seen such an escalation Of Christian persecution that people sometimes wonder if we ever even cover from these attacks. If you look around you, you see that our land has been absolutely polluted with deceptive lies. Evil is now touted as being good and good acts are actually being very harshly punished. If you speak the truth, you are declared an insurrectionist, a racist, a threat, a misinformer, a right wing nut job. You know, that's just the way it is. And because nobody likes being called names, most of us are silent. And that is just their goal. The question is Has the roaring lion of righteousness, as America has been known to the world, has it been transformed into nothing but a bleeding? Uh, herd of blind sheep. I mean, so many people uh, were seemingly comatose while the enemy has been deeply infiltrated into our own government. And that just will not do. And guess what? Things are finally starting to change but we need to wake up. You're listening to Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. We're on America Out Loud talk radio, and our goal here is to speak the truth plainly, to expose the evil, and to proclaim the truth that will make our nation free again. Today, I would like to introduce to you a profound patriot, one who has gone all out to awaken the sleeping giant, Joining me today is Clay Clark, founder of the Reawaken America Tour. Clay, I am so
1: glad you're here to join me today. It's an honor. Brother, I really do appreciate you for carving out time to uh, allow me to be here on your program. And I encourage everybody out there listening today, please go to time2freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, because the information I'm going to share on today's show will absolutely change the way you view the world. But you must verify that what I'm saying is not uh, poppycock, hogwash, hyperbole, exaggeration, bogus, or anything less than the 100% truth. So please write down that web domain, folks. time2freemedia Timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation.
0: Well, I love it. And I hope everybody got that because I think you got an important message here. And I so much uh, appreciate you saying, um, check it out. Uh, we are told in First Thessalonians 5:21 to test all things, to hold fast to what is good, and abstain from all forms of evil. Clay, I really commend you for your efforts in promoting the truth and reaching so many people. I know that that is a massive undertaking. Your tour is going all over America, and you've had some great speakers at these rallies, like General Flynn, Mike Lindell, Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, Roger Stone, Charlie Kirk, Eric Trump, and just a bunch. Of powerful conservative constitutionalists. So I just have to ask you one question here. If you were actually to summarize your message to reawaken America in just one sentence, what would that be, Clay?
1: It's the great reawakening versus the great reset. It's Jesus versus Satan. It's transhumanism versus uh, allowing God's, you know, God's creations to live as he designed and created. And uh, it's, the, it's the free will versus the ending of free will. That's what it is. And, and I've got an audio clip that I would like to play for you. This is um, Dr. Yuval Noah Harahi, who in uh, really in, in less than 10 seconds says the most disturbing thing I've heard in a long time. And I've heard a lot of disturbing things. This is the top advisor for Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Again, this is the World Economic Forum, the, the, the author of the book called The Great Reset. His name is Klaus Schwab. He is the one orchestrating the Great Reset. The Great Reset he uh, is orchestrated by Klaus Schwab, and he has an advisor by the name of Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, who also has worked closely with Barack Obama, the uh, former president of the United States. So, we'll listen to this audio just briefly here. It's it absolutely will rock your mind if you listen to the Profundity. And by the way, you can find this original video on the World Economic Forum YouTube channel. Breakout! Here we go. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Now, why? He's literally talking about transhumanism. And the only reason that anybody put these RNA modified nanotechnology shots inside their bodies is unknowing people thought that COVID-19 was so deadly, so dangerous, the only possible treatment that existed was this experimental mRNA, uh, RNA-modifying nanotechnology-filled shot that they mislabeled as the COVID-19 vaccines. And those COVID-19 vaccines contain the CRISPR gene editing technology capability. What am I saying? I'm saying in in 2019 and 2019, December 9th, 2019, technology was created To use mRNA to deliver CRISPR gene editing, cell-selective messenger RNA delivery, and CRISPR genome editing technology inside the human body via a syringe. That's what's going on.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds... uh anything but calming. Uh, We know, for example, that this, uh, what everybody's calling a vaccine, first of all, it's not a vaccine. It does nothing that a classic vaccine does. It doesn't protect you from getting sick. It doesn't protect you from shedding uh, uh, the sickness, the virus, and it it just does nothing for you to give you any lasting or significant immunity, but it does a lot of harm. And uh, the lipid nanoparticle technology, Uh, is a breakthrough, and it could be a breakthrough for good, uh, or it could be a breakthrough for evil. And uh, I say good only because this uh, technology was being sought when I was actually in a doctorate in microbiology many years ago. They were looking to infect people with a virus so that the virus could have a strain of an anti-oncogene that would actually attack cancerous cells. So you could be infected with a virus and treated with that. However, anything that can be used for good can certainly be used for evil. And this concept of transhumanism is probably um, far-fetched. It seems almost unbelievable to most people. The big question is, can you take a human being and make that human being something less than a human being. Is that right, Clay? What, what is your take on this?
1: Well, Dr. Yuval wants to uh, turn us on to hackable animals. Uh, and again, people say, who is this guy? It's Dr. Yuval Noah Harari. The word Yuval is, means a descendant of Cain. Noah, obviously Noah Harari means mountain. Listen, listen to this guy. This is what he's, listen, this is not me saying this. This is Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, the top advisor to Klaus Schwab. Listen to what he says. Here. will here now go. hackable humans are now hackable animals. You know the the whole idea that humans have. You know this. They they have this soul or spirit, and they have free will. And nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election. Or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will,
2: that's over.
0: Right. Let that sink in. Yeah, let that sink in. I mean, this Dr. Yuval Harari, remember, he is the top advisor, folks, to uh, Klaus Schwab, president of the World Economic F- Forum. This is all about the great reset. And in fact, uh, Dr. Harari stated that if we can succeed in hacking and engineering life, then in effect, what we can do is direct an evolutionary process by our own intelligent design. That's called putting oneself in the place of God. Now, that is a very dangerous thing. We are given a lot of warnings about that, particularly in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Um, And if he says we are now hackable animals, um, this is worth investigating because you think that this sounds just like Uh, pseudoscience or science fiction, but uh, as far-fetched as it may seem to be, they really believe that they can do it, and look at what they've done already to us.
1: Okay, so let's do this for a second. For anybody, I agree with what you just said. And for anybody out there listening, I know I'm trying to cram a lot of information into a a conversation that will be, I I hope to be, uh, life-changing or altering when people actually get a chance to take the time to research what I'm sharing at timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, far beyond this conversation. But when you go to uh, the book of Matthew from the Bible, Matthew, what? Matthew, yes. Uh, Matthew, former tax collector turned uh, apostle followed Jesus, wrote down his miracles, his life and times, documented them in the irrefutable word of God known as the Bible. Matthew chapter 24 reads, but as the days of Noah were, this is Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the son of man be. Uh, Again, so he's saying, hey, Jesus is saying, look, when when I come back, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And please read the entire Matthew chapter 24, folks, for you to get the adequate uh, context. Okay. Then Genesis chapter 6 it describes Genesis chapter 6. It reads, uh, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in those the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare them children to them, that, and, that they the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw the wickedness. Fallen angels came down and mated with humans, thus creating the Nephilim. And so we go back to time to freeamericacom forward slash revelation, which is not in the Bible, by the way. Time to freeamerica.com forward slash revelation is not in the Bible. I'm just trying to make a timeline so people can understand this. So that's why people say, I don't understand the whole Epstein thing. What is he? What was that? How does that fit in here? Well, you see, Bill Gates wanted to create his own race of people. What? Yes. In 2011, Rolling Stone reported it. But, uh, Jeffrey Epstein wanted to create his own race of people. Bill Gates wanted to create his own race of people. So they thought, why don't we team up and create our own race of people? And so to do it, they needed the nefarious research and, and nanotechnology of a transhumanist by the name of Charles Lieber. Boop, boop. Charles Lieber. Who is he? He was arrested. Yes, yeah, right, Alex. He was arrested for failing to disclose he made fifty thousand dollars a year. No, $50,000 a year. No, $50,000 a month, folks, to work for the Chinese government to make nanotechnology that goes inside the human body, thus making it possible to control your thoughts. But they didn't have the power, to quote Scotty. I can't get you the power, Captain. And so they needed more power. Did they go to Jesus? No, they didn't. That's why Epstein had a temple on his island to pray to who? Satan. They teamed up with Marina Abramovich. Marina Abramovich is the international celebrity and the spirit coach for Bill Gates, for Beyonce, for Jay-Z, for Lady Gaga. She's openly satanic. She prays to Satan. She summons up Satan. And they created this technology. And so on December 23rd, when very few people were watching Fox News, Fox News had to cover the the reaction or at least the story that, that Charles Lieber had finally been arrested and then convicted. We're making nanotechnology for the Chinese. And this was their report from Fox News on December 23rd. Listen to this, folks. U.S. intelligence shows China is using advanced technologies like gene editing and brain control weapons to advance its military and to crush dissent. Let me play that one more time. Listen to this, folks. U.S. intelligence shows China is using advanced technologies like gene editing and brain control weapons to advance its military and to crush dissent. And there's that. Yeah.
0: So that sounds uh, like pretty scary stuff uh, to a lot of people. The question is, of course, can they do it? Uh, Do they have the technology? Well, yes, they have the technology to manipulate uh, uh, genetic data. For example, we just recently saw uh, that the Pfizer jab contained information uh, that included a reverse transcriptase so that you can get the messenger RNA copy to introduce a segment into the DNA so that the DNA can therefore reproduce the messenger RNA. Now, if you see where this is going, it means that something that was once not a part of you, all of a sudden has become you. And that is where they are going with this uh, in a very simplified version of what's going on in science. Okay. So there's a lot more to that. The great question I think uh, Clay for all people is um, can they succeed in making a human being with a free will, as they said, turn them into a roboton, somebody without a free will so that they will function as a robot or as an animal to serve their
1: evil, sinister plan? Well, do we do know what well, we do know that uh, uh, the World Economic Forum right now is in the process of creating cyborgs, and we do know. Um, that they have actually, uh, Klaus Schwab has actually said, uh, you know, that transhumanism, he says the fourth industrial revolution won't so much change what you're doing for a living as much as it will change you. Uh, we know that the COVID 19, the virus itself, the COVID 19, uh, the, the virus was patented in 2002. Uh, again, if you go to time2freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, you can see that the the, the CDC patented the creation of a gain of function virus with patent number seven, two, seven, nine, three, two, seven. And they waited 17 years to release it on the planet. We know that the Rockefeller plan was written in 2010 on page 16. It calls for a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership. And we know that Klaus Schwab is as recently as 2015, he did an interview talking about the fourth industrial revolution with uh, Charlie Rose. And the, it, what he said during the interview uh, was mind boggling. I think a lot of people didn't recognize that he was actually serious about the creating the technology that controls your body. Let me just play a little audio excerpt of Klaus Schwab on Charlie Rose 2015. You now say that you want to talk about in this year's uh, conference in January, mastering the fourth industrial revolution. Let's continue. I'm when going to skip ahead here just for the sake today, of time. Here we go. With, with how, exactly. And how Robots look yep. at things. Here we like, go. Get um, ready. Gene editing. Get ready, folks. Exactly. You know, I'm opening a whole new horizon. It's us a boy of medical medical And you see the difference of this forced uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, It's you who are changed. And, of course, this has a big impact on your identity. And offers certain kinds of possibilities that have to be careful. Okay, so what we're talking about, he's talking about being able to do this. Uh, The World Economic Forum now has video clips you can find on their YouTube channel where they're openly talking about creating cyborgs. Uh, They've been testing this on monkeys. Uh, So I believe... We are uh, going to see the fulfillment of biblical scripture as uh, prophesied in the book of Matthew, as in the days of Noah, where you're going to see the seed of Satan mixed with the seed of man. That is what I believe we are witnessing right now.
0: OK, well, uh, very interesting stuff. It raises a lot of questions and um one of the things that I think people are really uh, tuning into, of course, is just seeking what the real truth is here. Uh, now, when it comes to scriptures, you're talking about the Olivet discourse, and in Matthew 24, that is, and and that is talking about uh, Jesus actually speaking, and he's talking to his disciples and to a crowd of people and, who are following him, and he's uh, his disciples asked him a couple of questions, and. Uh, Jesus specifically answered a uh, two-part question, uh, uh, like when will the end take place and what will be the sign of his second coming? Now, we live in modern America where we have to acknowledge that uh, the American version of Christianity has been very watered down, very uh, distorted in many ways. And so it's very important to come to the knowledge of truth based on what God's word really says. And so I'm, I guess what I'm saying, Clay, is I'm very interested in the topic. Um, I am a scientist. I'm a medical doctor. I've been Bible college and seminary trained. I'm an ordained minister and I'm retired air force. I flew heavies and fighters. So I've got kind of an eclectic background, and and I'm trying in my own head to pull this together. Number one is science. Well, How are they going to do this? Now, they showed us that they can dupe the world, uh, dupe us down into being stupid enough to taking a jab that is harmful, but just because they said it was good, you did it. So can they do it again? And will they try to do it again? Well, they're gonna have to, to get control of the the world as they're trying to do, right? So um, we have to answer the question, um, can they do it first of all? Is it possible to truly produce a strain of a a transhuman, somebody that no longer has a free will. Remember, God said we were created in the image of God, in his image, he made us. And that means that we are set apart from all the other animals in the animal kingdom. And namely, it is because we can contemplate eternity. That's what separates us from the animals. That's what makes us ask the question, who is God, who made us, Uh, you know, the existential questions, where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? And those are very important questions to ask and perhaps to answer, but where do you go for the answers? So Clay, I think what you're you're raising here, this, uh, you know, what Klaus Schwab is trying to do and through the words of Dr. Yuval Harari, he's referring to a genetic hacking to making us robots or animals to be used like any other kind of animal. And that is what transhumanism is, but this would require the removal of man's free will. And my big question is, can that really happen to humans who are created in the image of God? They, and you've heard of the talk about the God gene, if they can remove the God gene, then would we be genetically hacked? Uh, well, we've already demonstrated our weakness and that we were psychologically hacked by all this propaganda. We've been psychologically primed to be led astray. So I fully believe that they will introduce uh, something to try to achieve their end goal, which, as you said, Clay, is the great reset. Um, What do you think their chances are of being successful, Clay?
1: Well, I'll just say this, uh, the Great Reawaken America Tour, the, Re- the Reawaken America Tour is really uh, in designed to be in opposition to the Great Reset. So you have the Great Reawakening versus the Great Reset. And so I am doing everything I possibly can do. General Flynn's doing everything he can possibly do. Mike Lindell, Simone Gold, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, people like yourself, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, Jim Caviezel. Uh, Jim Brewer, the comedian. I go I go on and on sharing all these, all these names that are going to be speaking at the Reawaken America Tour. But that's why we're doing these events, and that's why we allow your listeners listening right now to name their price. So if you're listening right now and you live in the San Diego area, next week uh, we will be taking the Reawaken America Tour to sunny San Diego. And if you want to get those tickets, we're down to our final 24 tickets. And at these events, we're not just about a, a cheering festival. We're going to plug you in so you can find – Doctors, lawyers, attorneys, employers who are willing to fight back, who are already fighting back, where you can, you can see where you can get involved. You can find a niche where you can fill and use your time, talents, and treasure to fight against the Great Reset. So we have San Diego. That's March 11th and 12th. 24 tickets are left for that. April, uh, you can go to so- uh, Salem, Oregon. That's in April, April 1st. And second, we're down to our final. Right now, uh, as far as for Salem, Oregon, we're down to our final 50 tickets for that. Then we go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, May 13th. And a 14th South Carolina. And uh, I encourage everybody to go to freeamericacom and forget what the mainstream media has told you. You can name your price to attend our event. You can name your price. We don't want this event to be unaffordable by anybody. So yes, it does cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to fly in the world's best speakers and have big screens and speakers and all these kinds of things to get it done. But we do want it to be affordable. So just go to time2freeamerica.com, request a ticket. And when a member of my team reaches out to you, you too can name your price. And we do a brief background check on everybody to make sure we're not, we don't allow members of Antifa into to our event. We do some checking there, so you got to bring your identification to get into our event, almost like we're trying to organize a high-integrity election. Thank you so much for allowing me to cram in uh, that much knowledge during a 30-minute interview. I really do appreciate you.
0: It's been a pleasure, Clay, and I thank you for your work. May God bless you in all your endeavors, and uh, I hope that we achieve the ultimate goal of
1: reawakening America. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you.
0: It is my pleasure, and thank you.
1: Take care.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Clay. So we have just heard from Clay Clark, the founder of America, uh, the Reawaken America Tour, and you can see that uh, Clay's got an awful lot of zeal, and he... um, he is very sincere in his effort to stop this great awakening that seems to be uh, perhaps the number one threat um, against not just Americans, but against the entire world. Um, I, I have a lot of questions still myself about the nature of uh, the science that is trying to be promoted here. Uh, As I said, I have a background in microbiology and um, I am a medical doctor. And what we need to do, uh, all of us, is to simply search out the absolute truth. And if we can get to the truth of the matter, then we're gonna know how to respond to it. On the other hand, We need to be very, very careful, because just because Satan, the great deceiver, and all of his co-workers, including these people on earth who are defying God in every way, uh, they are mocking our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, um, we have to be careful that we don't inadvertently empower them and strengthen them. My goal on this show is simply to speak the truth, to elucidate the truth, but also to question whether or not any message said by anybody is the truth. Now, that's very important for all of us, because if we don't go there, then we ourselves could be deceived, and we are told in the Bible, that many people will be deceived, if possible, even the elect, and, and that is possible. We have seen it many, many times, and that's a grave concern to me. So uh, on the next half of this show, I, what I would like to really do is to discuss some actual biblical principles and apply it to the things that we are being told by Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, what I think we have to really caution ourselves with is becoming overly dramatic, overly zealous so that we uh, we don't get at the truth of what the Bible really tells us. And that is my greatest concern for you and for me, for my children, my family, my grandchildren. I, I want the truth to be known, I want the, hypocrisy, the lies, the deceit, all of those evil works of darkness, I want them exposed just as we as Christians are told to do. Remember the great verse in Ephesians 5.11, it says that we must have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And so that is exactly my aim right here, And so I'm going to take a little break and then uh, we'll come back um, and discuss this further. You're listening to Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise, and I'll be back in one moment.
2: It's time to rethink COVID disinfection. A study by Harvard, Drexel, and Virginia Tech concluded, we don't have a single documented case of COVID transmission through surfaces. The reality is that COVID spreads mainly through the air. Shared air is the problem, not shared surfaces. The solution is the Genesis Fogger, which uses natural HOCL to disinfect both air and surfaces simultaneously. It's perfect for home or business. NIH says HOCL may well be the disinfectant of choice for coronaviruses. There's nothing more natural or more effective. Genesis fogs at the precise particle size to combat COVID and other harmful pathogens. It's what's missing from your disinfecting protocol. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at com slash outloud.
1: The American Constitution is the most magnificent document on earth. We are America Out Loud. Join us as we celebrate the genius of our founding fathers. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and
2: justice for all.
0: To Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip. I have just been uh, discussing some very heavy issues with Clay Clark, who is the founder of the Reawaken America Tour. Clay had an awful lot to say about the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset. Um, I appreciate all of his efforts. He is doing a tremendous work trying to reawaken America to the truth, and I am all for that. Um, I perhaps could have asked Clay a few other questions, uh, but his time was limited. However, he does seem to place an emphasis on the Bible, and I always believe that that is going in the right direction. The Bible is the word of God, and anyone who will focus on that uh, is doing a good work, hopefully. Christians historically have always been called people of the book, and I have contended how many times that we need to get back to that book, and especially in these confusing and very evil times, people do seem to be turning back to the Bible, some of them perhaps in sheer panic of what's happening. Now, when you hear a message uh, that... Clay Clark brought to us about this Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, who is the top advisor to Klaus Schwab, who is the president of the World Economic Forum. If you listen to the message of this Dr. Harari, uh, it can be pretty scary. And everybody seems to have a question mark uh, stamped on the, the forehead of their brains uh, asking What is going on? I mean, every step along the way, I mean, you look at us, we have been tortured for a couple of years now uh, with this pandemic and the response to the pandemic. And frankly, it's about driven us crazy, hasn't it? Uh, Do we still know what is true and what's not? A lot of you are, are absolutely convinced that what they are calling a vaccine is good And uh, and is protecting you in some way. But I think that an awful lot of people are waking up to the truth that is by no means a vaccine. Everything that is resulting from that toxic shot is Either causing tremendous injury or perhaps killing some of you. So, uh, and we still have not seen the final outcome of this. It is still being played out. The harm is being done. As I mentioned earlier in this program, uh, the uh, the technology that was used to uh, to uh, to infiltrate the human body. And if there was a reverse transcriptase inserted into the messenger RNA, that means that the messenger RNA can be copied by the DNA. Uh, And once it gets into your DNA, then that, in essence, in a physical sense, it changes your constitutional makeup to some extent. Now, this is exactly how cancers develop. You uh, have something go wrong in the genetics, and all of a sudden, you are producing a tissue that has gone awry, that is uncontrolled in cellular replication, and so a tumor grows uncontrollably. Now, if they can cause something to happen with purpose, with intent... The big question is, can they change a human being into a non-human being? That's the question that is being asked by me specifically. Uh, Obviously, Dr. Harari believes that we do have the technology to do that. But we have to remember that Satan's primary tool is absolutely deception. Propaganda is Satan's number one work. He's Called the great deceiver. And so I think that it should be a priority for all of us to be somewhat skeptical of anything and everything we hear, including the words that I speak to you on this radio show. On the other hand, we want to really seek the truth. It kind of saddens me, to be honest with you, that so many people go to the Bible and they go immediately to the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation. As a whole, is Jewish apocalyptic literature and it must be interpreted in that, uh, in that through that, that lens because Jewish apocryphal literature is very symbolic. When you read the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, you are reading. Uh, a letter that Jesus has written to the churches, to the seven churches of Asia. Now those churches existed, and they are in fact addressed in a specific circular pattern as they existed. So this uh, is not symbolic language, this is factual language, but it goes beyond in the sense that the message. That each of those seven churches received could very much apply to the churches of our present day. You may have heard me call American Christianity uh, watered down. I call it popcorn Christianity. And I say that um, not to be uh, disrespectful, not to be uh, accusing, but what is so important for all of us is to make the Bible say exactly what God intended to say, nothing more and nothing less. And we are. Given that warning uh, several times in scripture, and it's a very serious thing that we need to give heed to. I know that many people become very skeptical about any doomsday prophecies and talk about the end times, and frankly, that's just as it should be. We have seen how many thousands of theologians, religious scholars, pseudo Christian cults, and other religious cults tell us. That we need to we need to pack our bags because the end of the world is near. It's just around the corner. And so far, every single one of them has been dead wrong. We live in an age of deception and confusion, particularly because we have such a wide reach with social media. The world isn't our back door anymore. And for this reason, we must exercise extreme caution. And I would say that the caution must be applied to everybody because we also are told and warned many times by the apostles, by Jesus, that the false teachers and the false prophets will come from among us, from even within the church. And that's very concerning to me. It makes me want to be cautious. Now, when we read the book of Revelation, and I'd like to get there to point out a few things, in particular, um, some things that Clay Clark said, uh, but I'd like to turn first to Matthew 24. This is called the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus is actually talking. Uh, He departs the temple uh, and he's talking to his disciples and they ask him a couple of questions about what will be the sign of your second coming and what will be the end of the age and the first words that Jesus answers them is he says take heed that no one deceives you okay so that's some very good advice for all of us and then he adds for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ. And that is, in effect, what Dr. Harari is saying. I am taking the place of God himself. And then Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Have you heard of a war recently going on in Ukraine? Yeah, we've heard of that. We have heard of rumors of wars, threats of wars. But Jesus said, see that you are not troubled. In other words, don't be afraid for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now that's exciting. When I hear those words, he says, for a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows, not the end, but the beginning of sorrows. And then Jesus goes on to describe things that will happen, and he also says in Matthew 24, verse 11, that many false prophets will arise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But notice what he says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, Clay Clark mentioned that um, when Jesus was speaking, he makes a reference to the, the, the times of Noah. And uh, that is a true statement that he does mention that there will be um, times similar to Noah, Uh, with regard to the the end times and with regard to the judgment. But we need to remember that Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives, that's eight people, were the ones who were left behind. The evil ones were taken out of the world. Now, there's a lot of confusion about this thing called the rapture. And I don't want to get into that in depth right now because I simply don't want to cause division. And I think that a lot of people just frankly wouldn't be able to stomach it or or handle it because this is kind of heavier teaching that wasn't so heavy at one time, but things have changed. And so I think that I just want to focus a little bit on the deception. So the question that I'm asking is, is it possible to, for, for scientists to be able to remove your free will? Because if that happens, then you have just become an animal like every other animal in the kingdom. If you have no choice, and I'm not talking about slavery here, because remember, the removal of choice is called slavery, Okay. Freedom is the ability to make choices. But if genetically we can be reprogrammed so that we cannot express our free will, then we cannot rebel. We would obey our master in the same way that we train our dog to obey us, their master. Can that happen? Well, I am skeptical. As a scientist, I am very skeptical. Just like I am extremely skeptical about this whole concept of uh, global warming, climate change. Um, it, it's just a bunch of nonsense, and I know that because we are told in Genesis 8:22, I believe that God said that we will have with us the seasons, uh, forever until he returns. And if that is the case, then what are we worrying about with all this climate change? Well, we must be deceived. Yeah, Genesis 8.22, let me just read it. While the earth remains, seed, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. See, that's, that's global warming refuted. That is climate change refuted. God said that none of this stuff is going to stop while the earth remains. So it's something that we don't have to worry about. And I guess that's what my message will be today, that we need to stop living in fear. We need to stop worrying about things and get on with our living. And I suppose that takes me to the book of Revelation because that's where uh, so many people are really focused right now. And as I said, we need to be very careful about what we do with the book of Revelation, because when you get beyond chapter three, there is a lot of symbolic language there. Now, we need to look at the good things because we are told in verse three of the first chapter of Revelation, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. Now, that's exciting. That's exciting blessed the greek word is makarios and makarios means that we are happy so happy are we who read and hear the words of this prophecy and who keep those things which are written in it for the time is near now that was written at the end of john's life approaching ad 100 ad 96 97 somewhere around that time frame and then john uh reads from there uh, uh, the um, address to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now, when you read, and that's in the first three chapters of Revelation, and when you read these words to each church, beginning with the very first, and even before that, we read in chapter 1, verse 17 of the book of Revelation, do not be afraid. You know who said that? Jesus said that. How do we know that? Because he said, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. If I had another three hours, I'd love to get into a discussion on that. But let's not. So we go on to the letters from Jesus Christ himself to the churches. Letters to the churches, and if you go through each letter, as Jesus addresses the seven churches, he concludes by saying, to him who overcomes, or he who overcomes, and then we, the church is given a blessing. Now, think about this. If there were a rapture, if the Christians were going to somehow be raptured before the second coming of Christ and taken out of the way, then why would Jesus have said to the seven churches, He who overcomes? Because that implies a staying and a living through and working through and surviving of some rather tough times but remember that the book of revelation is written to christians the recipient is to the seven churches which are in asia and we have to always keep that in mind and we are told do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer now that's kind of interesting. You read that in chapter 1, verse 10. So Jesus is speaking specifically to the church here in Smyrna, and he says, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. You see, we don't like suffering, and we don't Uh, we would do anything to escape it. And if we can grab onto something that says, oh, you don't have to worry about that. You're going to be taken out of the world. Well, I'm sorry, but that is not just like the days of Noah because the evil ones were taken out of the world. They were drowned. They were wiped out and the righteous remained. And I thank God for that. But we need to be very, very careful. So each church is addressed by Jesus, Jesus states to him who overcomes, and he mentions a blessing that they will receive for enduring, for overcoming. And we see the same thing actually near the end of the book in chapter 21, verse 7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Well, that's kind of interesting, because again, that does not suggest a rapture. It suggests a need to to persevere and to endure and perhaps to fight the good fight of righteousness, the righteous war. But there are also warnings. And if you go to Revelation chapter 21 and verse 7, when Jesus says, don't fear any of those things which you are about to suffer, look what he says immediately after that. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, That's pretty descriptive about who is going to burn in hell, shall you say? Now, is that figurative language? Well, it requires an understanding of what the second death means, but I will assure you this the Bible says that Christians will not experience the second death, which is an absence of God's influence in our lives. In many ways, it is much scarier than you would ever think. But that is a warning to non Christians, and perhaps to Christians who are not genuine. And the warnings in verse twenty one, uh, in chapter twenty one, verse eight. That sentence includes both literal and figurative language. And then, right a little bit later, in the final chapter of Revelation, in chapter twenty two, verses eighteen and nineteen, Christians. Are given a very specific warning, and it states this: For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Whoa! And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of uh, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Now, this is not a reference to the rapture. The holy city is the new Jerusalem. That is called heaven. That is the final resting place, the final haven, our final home, and it's going to be phenomenal. But there's not a reference in these words to any rapture. And what am I saying? Well, maybe rather than spending so much time and energy on trying to figure out how the world will end or how we're going to die or if we're going to be raptured, which the Bible doesn't really teach, maybe we should spend more time focusing on how we ought to live. You see, the book of Revelation doesn't tell us everything. We are given things in figurative language, perhaps because God did not want us to figure out every last little detail, even though we insist on trying to do that. And the most guilty of all are theologians who think because we have an advanced degree, we can figure it all out. Remember, Deuteronomy 29, 29 states that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed to us, they belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. It's the doing that counts. And how we respond to what we are told, especially when we are given specific instructions on how to live, that is what counts. That is what influences your life and mine in this age, in this life, and in the age to come in the afterlife. How we respond to these things will determine our fate, not just in this world, for eternity. So the question is, will the sleeping giant be reawakened? I don't know. I honestly don't know. In fact, I, frankly, no longer see a giant. America has fallen from God as a nation. Read again Revelation 21.8. The cowardly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is not a badgering, but the cowardly, see how cowardly uh, we have become. What has happened to the home of the brave? When we were not even threatened, we obeyed, we succumbed. We shut down. We put on the facial diaper. We did some pretty horrible things. We closed our churches. Preachers closed their churches. Church leaders complied with a rogue government. We obeyed man rather than God. Now, there's something wrong with that kind of cowardice. And what about the unbelieving? we once prided ourselves in saying we were nation under one nation under God that means that we believed God can we say that anymore hardly we cannot convince anyone we believe if we don't reveal our true faith by our actions by our actions yes we are saved by grace through faith but we are manifesting our faith, our true faith through our actions. And if you don't believe that, go to the book of James. James was the brother of Jesus, and James laid it out in no uncertain terms. He said, if you think you have faith and you don't need works, he says, you're crazy. James 2.17 says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And he goes on, but someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you but do what you do. You want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And he concludes, he says, The scripture was fulfilled. Uh, Which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. But it was because Abraham acted. Abraham's faith was demonstrated by his works. He says, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Not by faith only. And that's the only time you'll see the word faith and only together with a word preceding it that is said that is called not the negation of it, not by faith only. That's kind of scary. But he says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now that's kind of important to me. And then you read about the abominable and the murderers and the sexually immoral, and you start thinking about what's going on in our world and the sorcerers Uh, sorcery involves divination witchcraft incantations and spells it's an attempt to control outcomes in the physical realm of our lives by tapping into demonic forces in the spiritual realm you know how we are supposed to influence things in our world by a means uh, of of worshiping god through prayer but a means of circumventing prayer to God and giving glory to Satan is accomplished through sorcerers. And then look at idolatry. How many worshipers of money and material things do we see? Uh, How many people worship the creation rather than the creator himself? It's a scary thing. And all liars look at those who now deceive us. Most doctors, which is so despicable to me. How can most doctors totally betray their oath to put patients first and lie to them and participate in the killing of them, the murder of patients. And most politicians and their puppet organizations are all lying to us. These words were not written, by the way, to browbeat us or to scare us. This refers to people who defiantly and openly oppose God and practice evil and lawlessness as a way of life, It's not a slip up or a goof up because we'd all be condemned, right? We all need a savior, but it is simply a warning to those who think they can outsmart God. People like Dr. Yuval Harari, who believe they can take the place of God and in their arrogance, believe in their hearts that they can be like God himself, The warnings of Revelation 21.8 are a comforting assurance to us who love the Lord and do our best to faithfully serve him. The likes of Harari and Fauci and Bill Gates and Obama and Putin and Soros and Pelosi, they will all one day face God and be judged by him for their evil deeds that we can count on. But whenever I see any warnings in scripture, I always look to myself and I ask, is it I, Lord, who will betray you? Remember, it wasn't just Judas Iscariot who asked that question. All of the apostles wondered if they would be the one who would betray Jesus, who would be a traitor. We must never allow our pride to blind us from our own sins. When the Bible speaks plainly, so should we. But when the Bible is silent, so should we be silent. And when in doubt, we need to be very careful not to add to or detract from what the Bible says. But the Bible must forever be our emphasis. It's the key to righteous living, and therefore it is the key to living free. The moment we focus again on reviving the Christian spirit in America, then the sleeping giant will again be stirred. Well, I'm grateful to Clay Clark for joining me on this show today. I am forever grateful to our military veterans. I'm grateful for our warriors for Christ and for the few medical doctors who actually dare to speak the truth in medicine and who will not play the silly, deadly game of pseudoscience and Fauciism. What we need is truth in this world. And we need a fighting spirit for the sake of goodness that will quash evil and put to shame the mighty, the wealthy, the arrogant forces that cause suffering in our world. You're listening to Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. I do pray that you will be a part of that army of God who fears God alone. Put aside all other fears. And I pray that you will be willing to sacrifice something of yourself for the sake of your fellow man. Our time on this earth is very short. Let's make it count for something. Adieu.